Uxpal attempts to write his life in his final days. Rooster helps a teen girl find her father's killer. Mark starts the Facebook. Aaron gets stuck. And George overcomes his stutter. This time on the Oscar should have gone to Best Actor, 2010. And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... Have you got a new hand? Not yet, Jack. The Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... Colin Firth. Hello, Craig. Meg, hello. Megan, you are recording. From? You're coming to us straight from bed. <laughs> you're you're sitting. Uh, usually, usually the setup um, is that you're at your kitchen table. That's where mm-hmm. we would record uh, before I moved to the East Coast. Uh, that was our that became our studio space. But you didn't have the effort even to walk into the kitchen today. Mm-mm. Are you sad that we? That when you lived here, we never recorded from my bed? Absolutely not. I can't <laughs> think of anything I would enjoy less. Um, is it... Now, let's let's be frank with the viewers or mm-hmm. the listeners, because sure. we don't have viewers. This nope. is an audio uh, Sad medium. for them, by the way. What yeah. a bummer. Yeah. Get to see me. Um, we have not recorded since a uh, week before the Oscars. And you have been in bed for 15, 14 days straight now. Well... I'll tell post, you, Craig. Post slap. Post, post. Oh, here's the thing: Th- that the Oscars were uh, utterly disgusting. Such a, a terrible, disgusting thing occurred, and it just—it's like it brings shame on the entire proceedings. And that is that Coda won, and I really, and I really have, <laughs> I just really, and that's the moment where it lost all. I lost all respect. For yeah. the Oscars, yeah. Megan's been work. Megan's been workshopping this joke for two weeks, and you know what? <laughs> I gotta admit, I think he nailed it. I think I did. I think <laughs> this is good. Yeah. I think I knew the moment. I think I knew the moment it was we were gonna record. It's just the two of us after yeah. the Oscars. I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lead with a coded joke. Yeah. Did you have Maddie do any punch-ups on it, or was this just no? This all, is all me. All you. This Great. is all me. I went through a couple different drafts, a couple yeah. different variations. Uh, what what adjectives I wanted to use? I really wanted to push the disgusting nature of it, and like yeah, it yeah. Just, it just brought a pall over all of the proceedings, mm-hmm. and it makes it you know it made it not uh, not special anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm sure people are thrilled to hear our takes about the Oscars two weeks afterwards. Um, (laughs) I don't know if you guys have heard about Coda winning yet. I don't know. Maybe if you're listening to this podcast only about the Oscars, you uh, were not aware that Will Smith uh, slapped Chris Rock after an off-color joke about Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, But we're just on top of it. You know, this is Mm -hmm. why we do, we don't want to do an instant reaction pod. We want to wait until not only only has Will Smith resigned himself from the Academy, he's then been banned from the ceremony for 10 years. Did you see the thing in Variety that was like, he should mail it back? Yeah, that Harry Lennox wrote. Yeah. Yeah, Meanwhile, fucking (laughs) Roman Polanski's out here. Roman Polanski's like just hiding away in France, like <laughs> making his Oscars kiss. Well, I know he has one. I I don't remember if he has multiple, but um. Um. Anyway, it's fine. I don't know where. Like, 
where we go from here. And to be clear, I'm talking about Coda, not about, yeah. <laughs> about Will no, Smith. No, 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 of course. Uh, I don't know where we go from here because I just am like, is this... I guess I say, I, like, every time I'm like, so is this it? We're just going to choose the, the path of least resistance, like the least offensive, you know, whatever. Right. Like, quote, unquote, woke sort of... Mo- not woke, but yeah. like message movie or whatever. Right. But then I think the, you know, the year previous... Like like the last two previous Oscar winners, I really enjoyed and thought deserved it. So right. I don't know. This just feels like Green Book take two. Green Book for the hearing impaired. Right. I get that. I still think, I th- and I said, you know, when we talked about it on the pod, I still think Green Book is a far worse choice just because of the white savior politics of it. Versus sure, like, but I it's get a better made this. movie. It made okay. there, it made more sense to me, I guess, and the performances yeah. were bad. I mean, you know, it's fine. I mean, the guy, the one, that guy, the guy, the one best supporting actor, uh, great speech. Yeah, probably the moment of the night between him and Young Jun Yoon mm-hmm. um, were both uh, both really terrific. Did you, you like know, Jessica Jastain's dress, dress? Did you like it? Um, I didn't take uh, enough notice of it because wow. by the time you know she was doing her big best actress speech. Um, I don't know if we mentioned this yet. <laughs> Will Smith had just assaulted Chris Rock on stage. I was literally, I was like, oh, Jessica Chastain is going to win. And she is the person to win because she, if anybody's going to turn this around and make it about her, it would be Jessica Chastain. Yeah. And she sort of succeeded. It was long. A lot of long speeches. Yeah. Wasn't, uh, wasn't a great, wasn't a great Oscars, uh, but we'll never forget it. Megan actually tried to FaceTime me immediately afterwards, but because it was just after 10, I had to take the dog out. So we had paused it. So we were like maybe two minutes behind. So I was like, I can't pick up. I don't know what's happening right now. And then I, 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 the face, my face, I, my, my face was so uncomfortable. (laughs) My, my favorite. I should send you the the picture that I took of myself (laughs) immediately afterwards, which was terrifying. My favorite element of this are the people that are absolutely convinced this was a work. Oh, like and um, they're like like this like they planned like, it. Yeah, like the academy needed like more people to tune in, yeah. so this gets them viewers. Which and you know like Will Smith, like his or sorry, uh, Chris Rock, like his stand up tour in Boston, like yeah. tickets were going for like ten grand for that first performance. Um, and I was like, you know, both of those work. Unfortunately, Will Smith's entire career is built on being, like, the affable guy in the room. And this was, like, the culmination of 30 years of work that basically is, like, you know, he's famously gone on record saying him and his agent, like, studied movies that made money and movies that people went and saw, and that's how they planned out his career. They were like, oh... Well, people go and see movies if there's aliens in them. So he's like, well, I'll do Independence Day. Mm -hmm. You know, he studied all this stuff. So why at the at the climax of his career would he throw all of that goodwill he built up away? Just um, so that there'd be more people (laughs) people watching watching the Oscars Oscars in for year in 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 years to come, which, by the way, there won't be. That's right. my th- whole thing with the Oscars. That's my that's my issue with like Coda winning and all in like the fucking the top five fucking entering the speed the Flash entering the Speed Force. 
which we've talked about, to be fair, multiple times on this pod that we didn't understand why the Snyder Cut wasn't eligible for Mm -hmm. Best Picture. This is actually probably something Maddie would say, right? Honestly, Um, Maddie just made a lot of jokes about it. And I was like, that's not even funny. Don't say that. Here's my thing. this is this is the conclusion that I've drawn is the Oscars are not for everybody and that's okay. Like yeah. that's okay. You know, it's such a weird thing where we live in like we seem very happy everybody else there's so many different streaming things. It's like fine if you don't if you're not hitting these like Super Bowl numbers with stuff because like everybody likes different stuff. Why are we trying to appeal to people that are not interested in the Oscars? Just let yeah. them go. We're they're Look. not so many people watch Yellowstone. Do I watch Yellowstone? No. No, I don't. I, but you don't, don't have Yellowstone it. out here. Like, you know, if Bronco Henry shows up on Yellowstone, then maybe I would. But guess what? He's not going to show up on, on Yellowstone. So then that's fine. That's fine. Although they may have Kevin Costner come out on Yellowstone and give like a seven-minute rambling monologue, which God, they did at the Oscars the way, also. halfway so. through that monologue, I was like, I forget what he was doing. I forget I forgot what he was doing. I forgot what he was presenting. Yeah. I was like, is this an award? What is happening here? Why are you here? This is Kevin. bananas. Kevin yeah. Costner. Did I tell you that I had this huge fight with my aunt over Thanksgiving? Because I forget how it got started, but it was like in their prime, Kevin Costner versus Harrison Ford. And she was like, oh, Kevin Costner. And I was like, what? What now? Over Han Solo. Over Indiana Jones. Although, you know, I can no. see it depends. On, it depends on the person, Megan. You like a, you know, you like a wise cracker. You like someone who's like a little witty, who's sort so, of a little bit of a bad boy. I and like other nice people men. like, like, you know, a more broad shouldered, uh, tall. I would bet Kevin Costner's like five inches taller than Harrison Ford, right? Maybe. But did you hear, did you hear my princess Leia? I like nice men. Mm. Okay. Well, you should also say Megan has her hair up in the layup buns right now. <laughs> well, I sleep like that. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. Anyway, the um, Oscars happened. They're over. Hopefully, yeah. they'll be better going forward. And hopefully, people, the people behind them, they should let us produce it. Because they, you I know would what? just they, do, I would have Billy Crystal back. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Bring out We'd Billy Crystal. Medley. You know what? I would, you know what I would do? Bring out that hologram of Bob Hope. Oh my God, a hologram! That Bring would be out amazing. Johnny Carson. Get David Niven out there. You know what I like too is I, I remember when they used to do like the interpretive dances to the original mm-hmm. score. Let's yeah. get that. Let's have that going again. Let's get that going. Yeah. Enough of Megan the Stallion. Give me, give me an interpretive dance mm-hmm. choreographed by Debbie Allen. I mean, listen. You will get no argument from me. You will get no, literally no argument from me. Would love that. I know. Yeah. Would, would love to see that. Anyway. Also, by the way, best dressed of the night, Zendaya. Hottest young star. Amazing. She's there. She's not presenting. We can't get. Well, if you're, but you're they like, got, at least they got Jacob Elordi to stand <laughs> up there and look like he might kidnap Rachel Zegler and hitting home. <laughs> I mean, uh, you got the you got an unrecognizable Lily James, and then two other Disney princesses. I was like, yeah. "What is happening? This is bananas!" But that's fine. That's fine, guys. You do you. Congratulations to Coda. Please well, sh- explain why that one woman did not realize that they were deaf until they were like deeply out at sea. Please, yeah. 
Um, should we should we jump back? Should we jump back to 2010? Like, l- listen, listeners, I'm going to admit something. Research wise, this is my Lost. laziest, my laziest episode ever. Mine too. Usually, usually, even if we have rewatched the movies within the last couple years, and it's not a movie like you know The Iron Lady or Albert Knobs, I'll really like go back and I'll I'll revisit these. But almost every single one of these nominees was in a Best Picture nominee, and we we went we did 2010 less what 15 months ago, something like that. A year and a half ago with our friend Joe Gillette. And I just didn't have time. I didn't have time to go back and rewatch Winter's Bone again. Sometimes you don't have time. Sometimes there's just not enough time. There's just not yeah. enough time. There's yeah. no time. Uh, I did the um, same thing. I, I really, I, I skimmed through a lot of it. Although I had, there's one movie that I had never, I had not seen Beautiful. So I watched I had Beautiful not seen Beautiful since 2010. I had not seen Rabbit Hole since 2010. So there were, you know, I did rewatch the things I had not seen. In Craig, we're not talking about Rabbit Hole t- this, t- this week. We're not talking about Rabbit Hole this week. Oh, well, I'm saying, but we're going to do Best Actress also. Sure, so. Sure, 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 um, sure. so let's go through and do Megan's least favorite thing first. <sighs> let's look at some of the precursor awkward. awards. Uh, you're going to notice a lot of uh, similarities in the winner here. So for the Golden Globe, which mattered at the time, the winner for drama was Colin Firth. Well, so our Academy Award nominees are Colin Firth wins for The King's Speech, Javier Bardem for Beautiful, Jeff Bridges for True Grit, Jesse Eisenberg for The Social Network, and uh, James Franco for 127 Hours. So Golden Globe, Firth wins. Other nominees are Eisenberg, Franco, Ryan Gosling for Blue Valentine, and Mark Wahlberg for The Fighter. Golden Globe comedy. This is a hilarious category, actually. <laughs> so so Megan's best friend, Paul Giamatti, wins for Barney's version. My close personal friend, Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal is nominated for Love and Other Drugs. Okay. And then we have a double nomination for one actor who's very much part of the scene still. And another nomination for an actor that we're going to see at the Academy Awards all the time. Johnny Depp gets nominated for both <laughs> Alice in Wonderland... And this is the infamous The Tourist Year. Oh, The Tourist Year. Where the Golden Globes nominate Johnny Depp and Angelina Jolie in comedy for the action-adventure film, (laughs) The Tourist. (laughs) They just wanted them there, right? That's pretty much it. And then nominated for a film that honestly... I don't know that I have ever even... I bet I, I don't recollect this movie at all. It's a movie called Casino Jack... Nope. Does not ring and a bell. And it starred Kevin Spacey, who was nominated for a Golden Glove. Yikes, 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 uh, Wow, that's wild. This is a wild... Now you're reading me these things that I'm thinking about the on nominees. This is a really interesting year. Mostly good movies. These are movies I really enjoyed. Yeah. When we talked about this year. We enjoyed these movies, right? Yeah. It was movies. a good year for movies. Yeah. Yeah. I think... And w- I think we said it was also a really, really Casino interesting... Barring Jack that- and also The Taurus. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was also a really interesting year in that, you know, the there's a website I sometimes consult to look at other movies from the year that's uh, basically based on critics' top 10 list. And the top 10 movies on that were the 10 movies that were nominated for Best Picture. Wow. That so, never happens. Yeah. Wow. That's um, interesting. For the SAG, Colin Firth wins. The nominees are Jeff Bridges, Jesse Eisenberg, James Franco, and Robert Duvall for the film Get Low. Oh, yeah. I like that movie. 
Is that mm. the one? Is Sissy Spacek also in that movie, or somebody else? Yeah, I think it's Sissy Spacek and then Bill Murray. Yeah, I yeah. like that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Critics' Choice: Colin Firth wins. Jeff Bridges, Robert Duvall, Jesse Eisenberg, James Franco, Ryan Gosling. So you can see up until this point, the one person kind of missing from this conversation has been Javier Bardem. Yep. Uh, the BAFTAs, though, uh, have the same nominees as the Oscars. So Firth wins. Uh, probably one of the least surprising things ever is Colin Firth already winning all the awards, winning at the BAFTAs for playing <laughs> King George. Um, and then Bardem, Bridges, Eisenberg, Franco. New York film critics, Colin Firth. L.A. film critics, Colin Firth. National Society of Film Critics, Jesse Eisenberg. Wow. So Firth wins every single award except Golden Globe Comedy, which, of course, he couldn't win, and the National Society of Film Critics. Wow. Has that ever happened when we've been over this before? Is like he, I'm like, sure it probably He was a real has. lock, man. Yeah. I'm sure it probably has. And, you know, we talked about it on our 2009 episode. He had a lot of goodwill coming in for a single man, which neither of us, looking back, are quite sure why, because we didn't really like that movie, and we no. thought he was kind of... Fine. He looked very handsome in it. Ugh, he um, is so In those so Tom hot. Ford suits, yeah. but... Um, so where do you want to start? Where should we start here? Um, so we're going to end with Firth, right? We'll talk about Firth last. Okay, well then let's talk about Beautiful, because I had not yeah. seen this movie before, and I understand that this is the first, uh, uh, best actor nominee in a, in, fully in Spanish. Um. That's what Wikipedia told me. That may be true. I mean, Bardem had been nominated before uh, for, didn't we do it on the podcast already? For no that country? Julian Schna- No, for that Julian Schnabel film um, where he plays the Cuban poet, but maybe part of it oh. is in English. Yeah. I, they said all, like, they yeah. made a point, point, point to say, like, the whole thing is in Spanish. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, so Beautiful is an Alexander... Inuritu, who I don't care for. Movie, yeah. Um, Alejandro Inuritu Gonzalez, right? I thought his last name was Inuritu. Or maybe it's Gonzalez Inuritu. I think it's Gonzalez Inuritu. Yeah, we're screwing that up. Um, So basically, you know, we know Megan does not, not care for this director that much. I would say The Revenant is probably the lightest film he's ever made. (laughs) Because this is some like, dark shit. Because we're coming off of you know Amoris Peros, Twenty One Grams, Ugh. and Babel, um, are the films he makes before Beautiful. So he really deals in tragedy porn. Because mm-hmm. the whole idea with this movie is he is a man that a can speak to the dead, <laughs> which is which is a real. Shock when you first realize that's what's happening. Yeah, because it's not that it's a it's not what you're expecting from this movie. And by the way, it's not even what this movie is about. That's yeah. like the third, he, you know, th- that's like the third plot line of like it's like oh, and also he talks. He's to a team. man with a bipolar wife and two young children who speaks to the dead and also is a human trafficker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I no. All this is being said. I liked this movie. Like, I definitely, it might be, of all the movies that we just named of his, it might be my favorite. And maybe Mm -hmm. that's because I, the movie fully centers on, um, on Javier Bardem. And I think he's incredible. 
I just think he's so watchable and like super luminous. Um, yeah, I mean, it's tough because it is just so it's a, it's a slog too, though, like for him, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's two hours and 26 minutes long. Really long. Yeah. Um, he's in every scene. He's in every scene. Yeah. And he's a fantastic actor and I'm glad he's there, but I'm not surprised he didn't win because yeah. I'm sure like a lot of people turned this movie off an hour in because they were like, nope. You yeah. know, it's kind of the inverse of what, while, you know, I had Coda very low on my list also, but like my argument that like, you know, people watched this, watched it and came out and they felt good and, mm-hmm. you know, felt emotional in a good way. This movie does not make you feel emotional in a good way. It no, makes it you really feel emotional not. in a very bad way. <laughs> <laughs> and they try to end it nice with like then he sees his father. That was confusing to me by the way. Why why was his why did he have his his father died years and years and years prior? Why did they go why were they talking about cremating him and why did they go see his body? I don't I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I mean, it seemed like maybe they were doing some sort of land development where like just going to dig up all those graves maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't I follow know. everything about it, but um, but did he's not great. Me, did not make me want to go to Barcelona. I'll tell no, you that much. No, and that's like yeah. the. And I literally, it took me a while to realize they were in Barcelona, and yeah. I was like, I, I, that was a real shock. It's the one movie that's ever been shot in Barcelona. Barcelona, and they were like, you know what? We're not going to deal with any of that gouty shit. <laughs> Just going to yeah. show the shitty parts. Of, yeah. of Barcelona, the basements where people die from carbon monoxide. Right. Inhalation. Ugh. That was which, rough. I, which is like the one thing I actually remembered about this movie coming in. Like as soon as they saw people sleeping in that basement, I was like, oh, that's right. All those people die. Yeah. Literally all those people are going to die. Literally all those people are going to die. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's a tough movie. He's really good. He d- he has some really good stuff with his bipolar ex-wife. I think that's mm-hmm. amazing. And um, his reaction too to finding out that the and that's a disturbing scene, too, when he's with all the in the with the dead people in the basement and then it kind of pulls and you can see the like whatever the people he's talking to the ghosts they're like on the ceiling it's very yeah. weird yeah it's, it's a strange it's, movie. It, it sort of seems like Inuri 2 had like three ideas for a movie and just was like I can put all three of those mm-hmm. ideas in this one movie yeah it's very strange it's yeah. it's it's a it's a strange which movie. is strange cuz it's almost like well then just make the movie you usually make which is like you're doing yeah. like three tragic plot lines and somehow yes. intersecting them like which you've yes. done over and over again over like, and over again as opposed to like have bring in Penelope Cruz and she can speak to the dead while he's dying of cancer. And yeah. Then, and then the and then the Chinese laborers are like they have you know they have their own yeah. fucking you know dude. Right. Well, also like the two the the two sorry to this is not about Javier Bardem but the two Chinese guys that are in a relationship and then one of them kills the other and like that was another thing and I was like what is happening. <laughs> Why is that happening now? Yeah, it's a hat on a hat. It's, it's a, a little bit hat of hat on, on a hat. sad hat. But I, but I, you know, I didn't have a bad time. I just, yeah. uh, and, and and again, I I will. Say, I feel like we're really going back and forth on this movie. But cu- the the bottom line is, kudos to Javier Javier Bardem for like pulling it all together. Like, mm-hmm. if this movie would not work without him being very charming and. Can you imagine, I don't know if him and Penelope Cruz were together at this point, but whoever, 
I was reading about there was all this stuff about the Batman and how Paul Dano like just like basically like lived in this super dark place for the entire time they were shooting it. And I was just like, okay. I mean, I know he's with an actress like Zoe Kazan, who of course her like grandfather is like one of the biggest proponents of the method ever because he worked with Brando and all those and James Dean. But I was like, can you imagine how annoying that would be? Yeah. If like someone was, (laughs) is, is Javier Bardem a method actor? I don't know. I just feel like no, to do a movie like this, even if you're not method, like it might be hard to get out of this headspace. Yeah. I mean, yes, I agree. Although if anybody would, it'd be fucking Javier Bardem, who is hot yeah. and Spanish mm-hmm. and married to an, like one of the other hottest people on the planet. Yeah. Did I you don't see know if Matt? they have children, but, and, and I'm not, I'm not pushing them, you know, everybody makes their own decisions about procreation, but I will say right. it's a real shame if they don't, because yeah. that kid would be super hot <laughs> um mads Mil- mickelson just was interviewed and he basically was like method acting is bullshit <laughs> <laughs> i absolutely fucking love uh yeah. what is what did he say what, wasn't it lawrence was it lawrence olivier that was like my dear oh, boy yeah. have you tried acting? acting yeah, yeah. to our boy dustin Dusty D. <clears throat> yeah. Listen, the, if it works for you, pow- power to you. But I definitely yeah. don't want to have a beer with you later. Yeah. I don't want to be around you. That's no, annoying. No, don't. Don't send me dead mice, Jared Leto. Yeah. Let's talk about Franco. Franco. Uh, this movie, tough to watch, as always. Yeah. Um, look, again, it's a good performance. It's interesting for him and the fact that he holds the screen the entire time. But is it a movie that... I have any interest in going back and viewing over and over again? Nope. No. And I don't think he does anything incredibly... I mean, this is the thing, too. Like, yes, he holds the screen the entire time, but he also has very few scene partners, and for me, that's where the true... Ugh, this is going to sound very lame to say, but uh, (laughs) that's where the magic of acting lies. Yeah, that's where that's where you know the bread's buttered. Yeah. But but truly like kind of yeah, like I want to see those relationships a little bit more and yeah, they do the flashbacks and, you know, from whatever. But like those scenes are the weaker scenes anyway. So, yeah. I don't know. It's uh it's fine. He's fine in it, but also I mean, when pretty- I think of this movie, I realize I, of course I think that he's in it, but I think about him cutting his arm off yes. and that could have been anyone. It didn't Anybody. need to be James Franco. Mm-hmm. Um all right, Bridges. I, Look, he just won the year before. I like True Grit, right? I think, better than you do. Yeah. Um, it's I a, like Rooster Cogburn. Yeah, I mean, I like True Grit. I just, there's other Coens I like more. Sorry. Sure, yeah. Um, I like, you know, anytime we uh, get to bring up this movie, I like doing uh, my Cogburn impression, which, of course, is just, shot or killed. <laughs> does not get old no it does, it does not get old i do feel like jeff bridges has turned a little bit into rooster Cogburn. oh my god yeah oh um, my god yeah he really he went he went full method and he just yeah. he couldn't pull out it's like when you're when your parents when you're a kid tell you like if you cry, don't cross your eyes it'll stay that way or whatever it's, I think uh, because he 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 was so much or became so much like the dude in real life that he had to like uh push in a slightly different different 
direction like in his acting life or and just became just became Rooster Cogburn eventually. Or think about this. Think about this. This is I put this to you. Is Rooster Cogburn just the dude but older or like old time old timey the dude? There's a lot well, of similarities there, is what I'm saying. Well, it, there is that scene. They're tracking Josh Brolin <laughs> and it's Matt Damon and Haley Steinfeld and it cuts over and Rooster Cogburn's Drinking a white Russian. <laughs> Every time they go into a saloon and friggin' True Grit, he's over here ordering white Russians. Yeah, what was that about? And then they set up camp for the night, and he like just has this like rug with him, and yeah. he just likes the way that it pulls the whole camp together. I guess uh, this is terrible. Then, we should cut all of this. <laughs> and then they go into that little house where the shootout's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And Julianne Moore is just swinging around <laughs> naked in there. <laughs> you know what? The Coens, I think, repeated themselves repeating a lot themselves in this movie. Ag- over and over. They don't have an original thought in their fucking brains. He's really good in this. I mean, I don't know. It's just like he's doing grizzled old man again. And yeah. I it, it works for me 100%. I'm fine with him being nominated, but that's not my yeah. gift to win. Um, On to the next. All right, we're on to the next. We're on to your old classmate, Jesse so, Eisenberg's. Did I tell you that playing I'm going Mark to, Zuckerberg? Did I tell you that I'm going to my reunion? By the way, is he going to be there? Uh, I can't imagine so. He wasn't. Do you think is your reunion going to be held in the metaverse? <laughs> God, I wish it would have been cheaper. <laughs> yeah, it's expensive you know, I to fly still- right now. You know, I still get uh, emails from the inn uh, that Exeter. your wedding reception was yeah, at. Sure. I think I've unsubscribed multiple times because I don't know why I would go no, back to Exeter. they're going to keep coming for you. They yeah. are going to keep coming for you. Yeah, yeah. I would say like every other month I get an Exeter inn email. Well, I'll be there. Do you want me to talk to them personally? I'll be yeah, there next gonna month. St- are you going to stay there? Actually, we're not because it was sold out. Wow. So maybe Mark rented, maybe Mark bought it all out because he wants. Yeah. Are you staying with family? No. I was not about to do that at all. My, yeah. No. Um, I'm, we're staying in an Airbnb. So. All right. It'll be fine. Take my grandfather a cha- out. A charming New England. New England cottage. basement apartment. It's going to be weird to stay in an Airbnb in my hometown. Yeah, it will be. Anyway, uh, I graduated school with Mark Zuckerberg, and this movie yeah. is about Mark Zuckerberg, and yeah. played by as played by Jesse Eisenberg. Here's and the thing: we're on record. We love the Social Network. We love this movie. Think it's a great movie. This is one of those performances that I feel like a lot of the credit goes to the casting director. Mm-hmm. Because I sort of think Jesse Eisenberg's just playing himself. Yeah. And I just yeah, think that's it a was, wise, that's a, that is yeah. a, I think you're totally right. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it's an excellent performance, but I don't know, I don't know if he's really doing anything. Well, I think I'll he's just this. kind of, I just kind of think, uh, he's just perfect for the part. And that, get, that's, that's not really a fault. I'm not yeah. attacking him about that, uh, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like. Since we have seen him do this performance, basically it's like, oh, it's Lex Luthor 
as Mark Zuckerberg in The Social Network. Like, I've never seen Jesse Eisenberg do anything else <laughs> since then. Sure. I will, to give credit where credit is due, I will say this, the way this movie is written is the most, it's the most Sorkin-y Sorkin that ever sorkin yeah. It's yeah. very, the dialogue is extremely Sorkin-heavy. Uh, and when they're when they're almost when they're like in the in the room like about to come to a decision mm-hmm. and then J Edgar Hoover calls. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought you were gonna. I I didn't think it was gonna be a joke, and there it is. Yeah, and he's like, "This is J. Ed- well, I don't even remember what he says. <laughs> this is J Edgar Hoover. Mark Zuckerberg is innocent. He's not innocent. a communist." <laughs> um, uh, I just think he does a really good job with the dialogue. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And I don't think, and it's, and again, it, a lot, of, a lot of it really rests heavy on him, and not everybody um, can pull that off. So yeah. again, in the same vein of like, honestly, Bardem, it's it's very similar. Like all these performances are very similar, and that mm-hmm. I think really all of them are very much. They're very, they're personality performances. Yeah. I guess less yeah. Bardem, but even then. It the movie works because of who he is and his charm and his likability. Right. You know, yeah. like all four of these performances are that it's it is a it's it's themselves on screen in an interesting right. way. Yeah. Um, and let me tell you, Jesse Eisenberg is who I would least want to spend time with mm-hmm. um, as Mark Zuckerberg. Anyway, um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I'm not mad that he was nominated. No, not at all. No, no. But, you know, I feel like there's a lot looking back that people are like, Jesse Eisenberg was absolutely robbed. And, like, again, I love The Social Network. I think The Social Network was absolutely robbed of winning Best Picture. And David Mm -hmm. Fincher was absolutely robbed of winning Best Director. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that my case would be as strong for Eisenberg as it would for those other two things. Sure. But I'd hear it. But I'd hear hear out these arguments. I don't think you're cuckoo bananas. All right, Colin Firth. God, I love Colin Firth. Won his Oscar for playing Colin Mr. Firth. Darcy in the BBB, BBC's Pride and Prejudice. BBB. <laughs> in the BBBiz. In the BBBiz. The BBBiz. Um, we talked about, when we talked about this movie, you and I think both decided it wasn't that great. I, I, I liked it so much more when it came out, and then when we rewatched it, I was like, eh, this movie's fine. Yeah. Um, fine is a really good descriptor for that. Um Competently made, though. Coda, competently made. Uh, He's very good in this. I feel like they gave him the Oscar because it's difficult to do a stutter. Like the way that he does it. And he doesn't and he doesn't overplay his hand. Yeah, it's it not too. like it's uh, you know, it's not like this is like a movie from like 1993 and it's like he's he's the third comedic foil so he has a like stupid stutter. Like exactly. it's very it's very studied. It's very like it's not I mean, as someone who does not have a speech impediment, I can't speak for everyone, but I would I would think that people probably look at this and think it's a sympathetic portrayal of someone that has this and not just like. And, you know, Craig, um, when I think about like, and I'm just thinking of the last four people we talked about, I will say this. And you, you, when we always talk about like, what's the Oscar scene? Like what's the scene that he, whatever. And, and I think there's a plethora to choose from in, I think what's, there's a plethora to choose from in this movie. 
Whereas when I think about the other four, I'm not sure entirely. I guess maybe James Franco cutting off the thing and maybe um, James cutting off his arm and and James and maybe um, Jesse Eisenberg doing like the speech in the boardroom about like, you know, like I have a million. I'm not thinking about you. This isn't important. I have a million people back at Facebook, whatever. But I think the scene for this movie, the scene of between him and um, our boy there. Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey Rush. And when he's, it's like they're doing therapy and he's talking about how they, and he's talking about difficult things and he can't say it because of the stutter and Jeffrey Rush says to sing them and then he kind Uh of sings it or whatever. He does a really good, like, I think that's a really beautiful moment. And um, I don't know, Colin Firth is good. He's, he's really good in this movie. Um, The movie's fine. I don't know. Uh, You know what's interesting? I would have to go back and look, but I would bet that the actual Oscar clip though was is that him doing black, the speech is doing the speech at the end, which is yeah. the, which is just him doing it without a stutter. Without so a stutter. it's like, it's like the least difficult thing for him to act <laughs> because it's just like Colin Firth, just doing the accent, yeah. but it's, but not having to layer something else on top of it. Yeah. After he got rid of the stutter. Yeah. It is very funny, but it's funny. Cause even when he does, when he's speaking as George, not with the stutter, it's that he does a good job of like, it's there. It, it sounds weird. It doesn't yeah. sound like Colin Firth. It's like sort right. of like he has cotton balls in yeah. the back of his um, cheeks. So yeah, for that reason alone, I'm fine with him winning. So um, how would you rank the performances? Do you think? Uh, hmm. I think I would put James Franco at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Yeah, and then I think I would do. And again, I, I like all of these perform. There's nothing right. bad. I'm fine yeah. with. They're all good. Yeah. Um, I think. I don't know. I think probably then, um, Rooster, uh, Jeff Bridges, because I think he's great. But he's it's very Jeff Bridges. Then probably, um, then probably, Bardem. Then Jesse Eisenberg, I think because you're right, it was just perfectly cast and he just fits perfectly. Um, and then I think I would give it to Colin Firth. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds fine. I'm fine with that. I would, would maybe it, flip I would maybe flip Bardem and Bridges. Yeah. I thought about that. Um, I think Franco's definitely on the bottom. Yeah, I think Franco's definitely on the bottom. And I honestly think Firth is on top. Again, I'm not like not with a bullet at all. Right. But I think like as far as like somebody doing something different outside of themselves, as far as like this is an award for acting, I'm going to give it to Colin Firth because I think everybody else is just kind of doing, except maybe Bardem, everybody else is doing um, like like a sort of version of themselves. And And I appreciate that Colin Firth is doing something a little bit more difficult, even if the movie is, you know. Not my favorite. Although I probably like it more than I think I liked it more than twenty seven hours, one hundred twenty seven hours, yeah. and I like it more than Beautiful. Um, of the, you know, we named all these other people that that didn't quite make it. I would I would say for me the two people that probably I definitely put in over Franco and maybe would nudge somebody else out. PG would be well Gosling. Oh, and Gosling. Blue Valentine, yeah. and then 
Paul, did you get a chance to check out Barney's version at all? I didn't watch Barney's version. I'm sorry. I was just too too busy. Just too busy. Just too, too much. busy. It's okay. Um, Barney's version. I don't think a lot of people probably have seen this movie. It's um, it's a Canadian production. He plays this producer named Barney. And it, named Barney. Um, that it kind of goes. It spans a lot of his life. So we see like younger. The younger producer that was like Giamatti's age at the time, and then he's playing like the character like thirty years later, also. Um, and he's starting to have some like cognitive issues, and there's sort of like a murder mystery like wrapped up in the whole thing. Feels like we've um, talked about this movie before. I don't have know we if we have. Okay, maybe um, somebody else. But uh, I think it's an interesting movie, and I think Giamatti's really good in it. And I think he, you know, we've talked about. Movies about like cognitive decline on this podcast before, and I think he does like a really, unsurprisingly adept job of yeah. it. Um, but you know what he told me? What did he tell you? He said, "Megan, sometimes I do movies that are that. Sometimes I pick things that really work out, and sometimes I pick things that really don't. And then there's Barney's version." <laughs> That's right. That last part wasn't what he said, but but I, I appreciate that Paul Giamatti and then he said. Like, and then there's this commercial, <laughs> and, and we're selling Volkswagens. Yeah, uh, uh, I appreciate though that he does pick like for a lot of like a wide variety of shit to do. You yeah, know? this movie and then Rock of Ages. <laughs> right, my favorite, my favorite Paul Giamatti performance. Here I sort of go again. Well, watching Barney's version, I was sort of like, God, Giamatti's so underrated, and I feel like, I feel like he sort of got market corrected a little bit by Philip Seymour Hoffman, and then by the time Philip Seymour Hoffman tragically passed away, they sort of had moved on from Giamatti, and I know he's making plenty of money doing billions, and, but I feel like he hasn't really gotten, like, the film roles that I want to see him get. Yeah, I think you're not wrong. Yeah. I think you're not wrong. And a lot of the stuff, a lot of the bigger movies he's been in, it's been they've he's been great, but it's supporting. Right. And it's I looked it up smaller. and the the only one that I feel like really used his talent well, like film-wise in the last decade is did you ever did you watch Private Life yeah. with him and mm-hmm. Catherine Hahn? I did watch Private Life. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're both terrific in that movie. Yeah. That's the like movie a really itself, good use of him. I didn't love, but they're both they're both really, really good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I think Win Win is my favorite Paul Giamatti performance. Did you ever see yeah. Win Win? He's yeah, so we good. Talk, in that. We talked about Win Win on the podcast. Oh, but we that's did. Bef- okay, that's before. So this. That's before this. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We'll see what he, what his like kind of next act brings. I hope it's more Volkswagen commercials that involve me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he'll bring you along. <laughs> sure. Yeah. He's got a say in it for sure. Yeah. Um. Bum bum. Blue Valentine. Um, I don't really we can talk, talk about, about this we'll more talk about when this. we do Best Actress. I think the biggest knock on Gosling in it, because I think he is terrific in it, is I think Michelle Williams is better. Yeah, I think that's true. I think and that's I think true. I think a lot of times, like if you're, we've talked about this before. We've you know I've talked about it with Leo. Like I think there are times where Leo, like walks away with movies, and I think particularly earlier in his career, as good as he is, he always was like paired with someone who was like slightly better. Yeah. And, like, I think that was part of the reason it took him so long to get an Oscar is because right. it's like, no, Leo's great. 
but he's acting alongside this other person who's better and like it just it's glaring and then you know i feel like more recently like it's like no he's the best person in the movie yeah totally i agree Um, well because he hasn't been in a movie with kate winslet for a while am i right yeah well Repair um, oh, that's, them. That's we talk, well, I mean, that's when we talked about it. We talked about it with Revolutionary Road. I, that yeah. was my big reason for saying, like, you know, he's great in the movie, but she's just better. Make Titanic 2, you cowards. <laughs> Make it in space. Make Why it can't in the Titanic space. fly? <laughs> <laughs> um, Meg, do you have anything you want to you wanna plug? Uh, no. My, no. Okay. <laughs> well, um, so you're going Firth. I think I'd go Gim- Giamatti. I think I'm going to give it to Paul. Okay. okay. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'll tell him next time I see him. Yeah, please do. Okay. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at The Oscar Should, Facebook and Instagram at The Oscar Should Have Gone To. Uh, if you like what you listen to, as always, please rate and review us on iTunes. We will be back next week talking about the same acting class, but... The female side. The ladies. The lady. The ladies. The ladies. Uh, So as always, thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.